it's getting to that place where you trust that the universe has your back, that, that life has your back. It's always for you, never against you, which there's times that it sucks. I mean, the pain that comes with disease, the fear that comes with disease, but it gets you out of that victimhood. You need all the power you can get to heal and you need life force energy. And if you're in victimhood, if you feel powerless that something is happening to you, that your body is breaking down or this, these tumors are out of control or whatever, that's going to hinder your healing. So the more we learn about all of this, the more we can take our power back. And again, life presents you with circumstances to show you where you're still not free. So a lot of times disease comes into life to, to show that, you know, people have been beating themselves up terribly. You know, they've been speaking to themselves in, in not so loving language. So again, it comes back to that self-love. That's Kelly Noonan Gores, director of the documentary Heal. And this is episode 330 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. This podcast is brought to you by Cured, full-spectrum, organically farmed hemp grown in the rich rays of sunshine in a grassy field somewhere deep in Colorado. Honestly, this full-spectrum hemp could potentially be crafted from the tears of angels. That's how good it feels to take Cured. But here's the real deal. I like that analogy. (laughs) The CBD and hemp world is the wild, wild west. This is serious, y'all. It took me over a year to partner with Cured because of the way they organically farm their plants and continually quality test their organically farmed oils. If you listen to Wellness Force episode 300, we did with Joe, the CEO from Cured, you'll know this product is Cured is the best of the best when it comes to full spectrum hemp, which is why I personally recommend this product. You can get 15% off Cured organically farmed full spectrum hemp. Give it a test drive. All you have to do is enter the code wellnessforce over at wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. It's made a huge difference in my quality of sleep. Cured directly supports Wellness Force and Wellness Force directly supports you. So save some money while you increase your quality of life. Go to wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Use code wellnessforce to get 15% off your organically farmed full spectrum hemp. I'm pretty sure our guest today uses CBD. We didn't talk about it, but I know she does. This is a world-famous practitioner, director, creator in the wellness world. She is a double-decade actor and director who gave the world a beautiful gift in 2017 and also in 2019. That gift was called Heal, a documentary film that changed the game when we look at the blending of Eastern and Western medicine. And this director also wrote a book with a bunch of rich story and content that was not placed in the film. This is all the compelling and juicy extras that didn't fit into the Heal documentary. So if you've seen the documentary called Heal, like me, uh, three times, (laughs) I've seen it three times, you'll love this book. You'll discover your unlimited potential and awaken the powerful healer within. I mean, that's really what we're all doing. Like we're learning from these experts on Wellness Force so that they can remind us of what we already know to be true. And this is what I really know we're delivering for you in this podcast today. If you're personally going through a healing journey right now, 
maybe it's physical, emotional, even spiritual, if you have a loved one or a family member, a friend that's been struck down by a disease, this is the podcast for you. Share this podcast with somebody that you care about. Share this podcast with somebody that potentially is healing on their own. They are not on their own. They're in this together with us. This is going to be a deep dive, a meaningful conversation with the director of Heal, Kelly Noonan-Gores. We really covered a big landscape in this podcast. It's going to give you the backstory behind the filming of the documentary, how to decipher the charlatans from the real deal healers in this world, how to honor the mystery of this life, this roller coaster, you know what I mean, where we never know what's coming next. Kelly gives us the practical understanding of all her distilled wisdom she garnered from so many experts in the documentary, like Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Peter Crone, who we've had on the podcast, and so many more. I'm going to drop the mic right now. It's time to understand what it really takes to heal ourselves with the director of the Heal documentary, Kelly Noonan-Gores. Oh, and one last thing. If you feel something from this show, if you're lit up from this show or something comes alive in you, please do us a quick favor. Our team and I would love it if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps the show reach more people on the path of intelligence like you. Wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You'll be entered to win 90 days of free Organifi. That's right, 90 days. Delivered right to your door. We'll pick it this month. It means a lot to us. Thank you for leaving us a review for Wellness Force, my friend. Now let's dig in with Kelly Noonan-Gores. So I'm just fascinated with the fact that Heal has had so much success, but yet it's in a world where there's a lot of charlatans. There's a lot of people that say one thing and do another, and you you handpick some of the biggest personalities, some of the most trustworthy people to be in this film and, and also in, in the book. And I'm curious, like how you navigate this world, you know, the Los Angeles media world, especially the spiritual conscious community world, it can be challenging to navigate at times. Like, how do you navigate that from a place of authenticity and integrity? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I think it comes down to resonance, you know, and um, feeling like all the people that I put in the film, I really was moved and empowered and like my life on some level, big or small was changed by their work. So I feel like there was a deep resonance of Mm. truth to what they were teaching. And um, when I feel that I'm just like, okay. And I wanted to present what resonated with me in a way that was like not preachy, not like this is the only way, or this is the right way, but this is a documentary that is truth for me, you know, and, and maybe in 10 years, I'll look back and be like, Whoa, I'm at a whole different level of truth. I know I will be, but, um, you know, I just wanted to share what works and, uh, what works for me. Why, why now though? Because it was actually 2016, 2017 that the documentary came out, right? Yeah. And so why now with the book, I think it was the end of last year, you had your party in Los Angeles, the heal book, discover your unlimited potential and awaken. This is what I love. Awaken the powerful healer within, which is yeah. what any great healer does. They're just awakening what's already there for us. But, but what's the timing on the book? And like, why did you come out with the book when the doc was already so powerful? Yeah. You know, the film came out at the end of 2017. So it's been out for two years and, you know, a couple months after it was released, actually the second month, the publisher that was distributing the DVD, which is kind of a dying medium. People said, use DVDs? Yeah, people still use DVDs. I know, what are those things? VHS. Yeah. Um, so they said, look, 
you know, we see a similar trajectory to The Secret. They also did the movie, the, the DVD of The Secret as well. And and Rhonda Byrne kind of did it the same way. She she did the film first and then, you know, I think she wrote the book in like a month. It took wow. me quite a long, much longer to write it. But um, I just felt that there was more content that I could fit in the book. There was so much we had to cut out of the film just because of storytelling. You need flow and rhythm and and, you know, so you just for an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, you got to trim the fat. Otherwise, you're going to lose your viewers. So there was a lot of just juicy, good content that was on the cutting room floor that the book was just an opportunity to put it out there. And and I think for someone that's really wanting to learn, you know, in, in a way for people just kind of waking up or becoming aware of of their power, um, this is a one on one version Uh and, but it's also a good reminder for people who've been on the path for a while. And I think having a book in your hand, you can just like pick it up and see what page you're meant to turn to that day, what mm. message here. And yeah, so I just think it's a good resource. And it's a movie takes a lot of commitment to go back and watch the whole thing. A book takes a little less commitment. You can throw it in your bag and, and it's there for you whenever you have time. It's really cool. The When I first saw Heal, I was just thrown back, especially by Rob Worgen. Is it Worgen or Worgen? Worgen. Rob Worgen. He's the gentleman that did the hands-on healing um, to the gentleman that cries in the movie. And it was so profound to me when I watched it because I thought, this isn't being faked. This isn't being staged. I mean, these are real tears coming out of this man. And it just dawned on me, this conversation about Western medicine versus Eastern medicine, there's no more verses anymore. There's no more competition. It's almost like these worlds are blending so deeply now. Are, are you seeing this? And and what was your feedback specifically from that scene in the documentary? Yeah, you know, I was amazed just first of all, like all the people that volunteered to be on camera um, working with this energy healer or working with the EFT um, Reiki practitioner that Eva worked with, um, Patty. I was just so blown away by how vulnerable everybody got, you know, they just really let their guard down. And yeah. I think part of the work is, you know, the legitimate, beautiful work that these practitioners were doing. Um, it dropped the guard and it really, they had profound effects on, on these people. But I mean, I was just like, so grateful as a filmmaker to be able to capture these real moments of transformation, you know, and, yeah. um, and yeah, so <laughs> well, you were, you were so enthralled with the impact that I was sharing. I think really the question is that specific scene where there's the hands-on healer, there's, there's Rob, Rob, who's actually healing this gentleman, this convergence of Western and Eastern medicine. First of all, are you seeing that more and more and more where they're no longer competing with one another? And then was there any general feedback about that specific scene? Yeah. So I think that you know, more and more we're seeing, I've talked to so many doctors that were conventionally trained, uh, where they're seeing that the system is kind of suffocating, suffocating, putting this pressure on them where it's just not sustainable, like yeah. just them themselves. I mean, doctors, I think suicide rates are 50% higher than the national average. Um, so the stress and the, the vehicle, you know, the, the container that we have these Western medicine in, it's just not sustainable. So a lot of people are, learning a new way of, of practicing medicine outside, whether it's a private integrative practice or yeah. medicine practice. So, um, I think the system is breaking down and it's forcing people to look at, look at the body and, and medicine in a different way, which is exciting because we have to take into account people's stress levels, people's lifestyle, diet, et cetera. 
So yeah. And then the feedback, you know, I feel like it's almost like politics. You're not going to convince right. someone who's open, uh, minded and open to energy healing and all of that stuff are going to be tremendously moved by scenes like the one with Robin Roger, yeah. people that are skeptical of anything that's not like proven by science or whatever it is. There's a lot, you know, even faith, religion, all of the stuff that cannot be proven in these scientific measures that they have set forth, they're going to be, they're going to be skeptical and they're going to be critical. But I really didn't, I really haven't received a ton of negative pushback. I mean, Mm. maybe some comments on Amazon, which I stopped (laughs) Right. Many moons ago, because yeah. you know, haters gonna hate. But. Well, I always feel like when we get, because I'm a I'm a creator as well, and you're 20 plus years in the entertainment industry. So after 20 years, you you've probably feel this is true. If you're not getting negative comments, if you're not getting people that are attacking you in some way, the the other scary side of it is that it's crickets. Is that no one's yeah. saying anything? So in in a way, like I feel, and I'm curious how you feel about this specifically when it comes to a film that's about healing people, which is a very sensitive, intimate piece. Do you feel like criticism is a good thing, even if it's people that are maybe experiencing pain themselves that are the ones leaving the negative comments? Do you think that's a good thing? Yeah, for sure. It's inciting something in people. It's triggering a reaction. And, you know, that's like, as, as you get more and more kind of conscious or, spiritually, spiritually mature, if that's a thing, like you realize that if you watch something and it triggers you, that's something you need to look at. If someone says something that triggers you, that's a part of yourself that you're denying. So it's kind of that shadow side that's rearing its ugly head. And, you know, there's, there's a healing aspect to that. So I'm happy to do that for people as well. (laughs) (laughs) So when I look at the concept of healing in the past, you know, healers were somebody that like lived on a mountaintop, people would crawl up to them. They'd be like, please heal me. You know, almost like a holier than thou aspect, but in your film and in your book and, and what we're seeing just in general in the wellness world, that's gone away. The guru model, you know, like people that are gurus, how do you even see that anymore? Do you think that guru is even a thing? I think there's a lot of mini gurus. I think that we see um, it's like shifting the model. Now that we have social media and so much information at our fingertips, you know, people aren't trekking to the mountain for this one, one special kind of hard to reach human. I think that we have so much access to so much information. The gurus are coming down from the mountaintop. And then there's a lot of little false idols that, you know, have millions of followers on Instagram that people are so attached to everything they recommend and products and we're seeing it, you know, being attached to capitalism and and people earning money from it. So, uh, the model is just shifting. I think it's the same model. Just, just looks a little different. I like how honest you were there about the Instagram connection. You know, it came up yesterday, um, with a very powerful person on the show and we were both reflecting on just the crazy mystery Kelly that we're in right now. It's a mystery, isn't it? We're using phones to dictate human behavior And conscious content really has to compete. I do believe that there is competition here. Conscious content like Heal has to compete to get its message out there with really things that are just attacking the human psyche. You know, a lot of negativity, a lot of fear mongering that's out there in the world. But what I see you guys doing, especially when I look at the Instagram, is just posting little snippets of truth, little things that, like you say, resonate with people and one of them is a concept we've talked about on the show with Sandra Biskind. I know you had Dispenza talk about this in the documentary. 
And it was, if your thoughts can make you sick, is it possible that your thoughts can help you heal? We're talking about psychoneuroimmunology here, like the study of thoughts becoming things on a biological level. How have you seen this narrative in social media and how have you guys competed? I mean, do you even feel the need to compete? What's your stance on social media and and pushing the heal message out there? Yeah, I don't, I don't see it as, as competition. I try to think of it as like, okay, we need to start being aware of, obviously we're, we're aware of what we consume uh, in our mouths and our, the food we consume and the way it affects our biochemistry. We really need to be vigilant and conscious about what we consume as far as content. So it's just, I'm trying to provide kind of clean food content, you know, that, yeah. that gives you nutrition for your brain and empowering your thoughts and and shifting. So I don't even see it as competition, but it is like, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to just continue to just give little snippets of inspiration so that someone might get the message they need on that day that shifts the trajectory of their life. You know, that feels true to me because when I look at even the concept of thoughts becoming things and, um, Dispenza is going to come on the podcast at some point, he's just very busy. And so when I see a clip like this and when I see how it's presented and honestly, just the message of thoughts becoming things, what's been your biggest learning curve with this? I mean, interviewing all these people and being in this community and having conversations with Dispenza and just having this rich education by actually doing it, by embodying these lessons. What's your take on psychoneuroimmunology? What does that mean to you? How has that changed for you in the course of interviewing all these experts? Yeah. I mean, I love that you're talking about Joe Dispenza because one of the biggest like ahas or kind of rules to live by is, you know, this quantum model of causing an effect. And, you know, the, the statement that keeps popping in my head is the feeling creates the healing. So there's a lot of, um, you know, law of attraction, your thought, be, your thoughts become things. And, and I do believe a hundred percent that we're energy, we're frequency and our thoughts are kind of energetic language that we're putting out in the world or putting into our bodies based on on what we're talking to our, our our language that we're speaking to ourselves. Yeah. And so, you know, but when we combine that elevated emotion, that gratitude, that joy, um, with our thoughts, with our imagination, it becomes literally creative visualization. We are co-creating our life. And, um, so it's, it's getting our body, which is like just it's, it's a, it's a tuning fork, you know, and we can get our bodies into a, and change the frequency of our bodies, uh, and, and affect our biochemistry, which I think is fascinating. I think think it's fascinating too, because as we already talked about, we're in kind of a big mystery here on planet earth. We're just making sense of it all. And I believe all roads lead to self-love. I actually know that on a visceral level because it's been my journey. This is what we talk about on the show. We're at this convergence. We're at the intersection of physical and emotional intelligence here. So it's like we're half beast, half spirit. You know, we're both, both deserve respect. So like you had said, if we can change one thing, like if we can start to change the way that our brain functions, if we can start to change the way that our synapses are wired and our belief systems, in your opinion, and in interviewing so many powerful people, do you see it as really just restructuring beliefs that is the quotient to every kind of healing? Is it really just about our belief system? Is that actually the, the bedrock? I think 1 million percent. And, and, and you knowing Peter Crone, um, he would agree. I, yes. I've, I've spoken with him and we, you know, we had like a profound 
session because I just started working with him again. Um, I've been fortunate enough to know him and work with him off and on for eight years. Um, but he gets down to our belief systems, these constructs that we've built in our minds that are coloring the way we look at the world. It's it, the belief systems determine our lens and then everything is filtered through that belief system. So, you know, we worked on, I have a belief system because of my childhood that I am not safe. And so you develop these behaviors to try and make yourself safe. So I'm a people pleaser. I'm super vigilant. I can tell, you know, I'm very empathic. Um, so I'm hyper aware, but I'm constantly, I'm taken out of the present moment. I'm worried about the future and when I'm going to make a mistake or, you know, so, uh, if I can change that construct, if I can change that belief system, which is what we walked through and I was able to do all of a sudden the lens with which my world that I'm looking at my world changes. And then all of a sudden my my bot, my breathing slows. I'm back in the present moment. My, I mean, yeah. ever since we shifted this construct or, or dissolved this construct of I am not safe, I've been, my intuition is like through the roof, my clarity, my energy. It's just, it's wild. So I really do believe that it comes down to our subconscious beliefs. I love this so much because it's not just lip service, like science and spirituality. I think for so long were, they were in competition and they were fighting each other. And so that's why I asked you earlier about the Eastern and Western, because this is what I'm seeing in the wellness world, you know, speaking at the paleo conference and then going to the expos and just having conversations like this. I just get this through line, this connecting thread that all roads are leading towards self-love and belief. And I think if we really look at everyone on the documentary, whether it's Anita Morjani or Bruce Lipton or Dispenza, like they're all getting people to actually acknowledge what's there. And sometimes what we find, Kelly, it's not sexy. It's not fun. Like within the shadows holds the truth, but sometimes the truth is really, really hard to swallow. Yes, I agree. And, and also uh, as you say that, um, belief in possibilities. So it's not just our subconscious beliefs. It's, it's to realize that we are only humans are only using, and I don't know what the exact percentage is. Maybe you do. I would say like less than 10% yes, of, our, I've heard this. of our ability of our brains and our, and our mind. So, um, to, to believe, and, and I tried to, this is one of the intentions behind heal and Joe Dispenza talks about it a lot believe in possibility. We live in this world of infinite possibility. And if we have our certain belief systems limit, we're almost in a prison of what we believe is possible. And we need to like, we need to go beyond what we think is possible because so much more is possible than we even achieved. And I just think that's so like inspiring and hopeful. And so if we can keep learning and keep expanding our potential, um, you know, we can keep demonstrating more and more like the Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile, you know, once he did it, you know, within a month, 20 other people did it as well. So it's just break those paradigms down so that we can keep expanding our potential. I love the example of Bannister because, you know, before he did that thing, nobody thought it was possible. And you creating this amalgam of world-class experts and coming out with a, a documentary and a book and, and all the things you've done, a lot of people probably have dreams of doing that. You know, there's probably hundreds of people listening right now that would say, I would love to do what Kelly did. I would love to create that. You had to have a belief that it was possible before you ever did it. Was that belief because you were in entertainment for 20 years? Like where did the belief that you could pull this off even come from? Sure. So I had, you know, just that foundation of being on movie sets my whole life. So I had a general awareness. I had a general um, 
desire ever since I was little to be a director. I was, you know, I don't know if I was bossy, but I always thought that my way of doing things was better <laughs> than my brother's or whatever, <laughs> whatever home movie I was making. Uh-huh. And, and then I started going to Agape, uh, Michael Beckwith's, uh, you know, church here in LA. Yes. And he, his teachings started inspiring me to believe truly. So he taught me that like that call, whatever lights you up when you talk about it, uh, whatever that calling is in your heart that keeps like popping up and coming to the forefront of your awareness, pay attention to that. So I've been an actress for, you know, off and on for 20 years. And I started paying attention like, wow, I'm so much more passionate talking about the power of the mind and law of attraction and co-creating with life and quantum physics and psychology. And, and, um, and then, you know, and then I just had this vision come together of making a film with all of these people that have empowered me. Mm. And then it eventually, you know, went towards healing, but, um, his teachings really taught me to pay attention to, what my, the calling was in my heart and, and to see that as a signal from the universe or, a, you know, a, a guidance from your higher self, that, that is your path. That is, that is part of your purpose, you know, and it could be yeah. one yeah. stepping stone on my path, but it is part of my, my purpose of being here. In the same vein where you're sharing about getting those hits from the universe and, and knowing that you're supported as you do what's really true for you, that's what I'm feeling from you. It's like when you're doing something that you know, that Kelly knows in her heart is real and it's exciting. Like you had said, you got lit up when you're talking about metaphysical more than anything else. You would feel kind of guided in that way, right? You'd feel more supported. Would you say that's true that you'd feel supported by the universe and people? A million percent. When you trust, and I always go back to that, you know, there's an oak tree in every acorn, you know, there's, there's actually a forest of oak trees in every acorn. And so like just really believing that the desire in your heart comes with every single ability to see it realized, Mm. to trust that. And, and, and once I said yes, once I was ready to do it, there was just a full blown energy and flow behind it. And I just kind of surrendered. I'm like, look, I don't know what I'm doing, but this pull is very strong. I'm going to say yes to it. And I'm just like, you figure it out, God, you know, like, I'm just going to keep moving forward and, and listening to the, my heart. And, and, it, and it just kind of all fell into place. But there had to have been challenges that came up along the way. I mean, any big project, you know, it's like, it's not just going to do itself. There's probably roadblocks that you experienced, you know, on a, on a big level, even though you were guided, even though that you felt supported. Can you share um, one of the biggest challenges in creating the documentary? Because I'm sure at times we all feel tested on our dream. Absolutely. So, you know, making a film, especially it was fairly low budget documentary. There's, that's just, there's so many moving parts. There's often obstacles that pop up. One of the, and I've never, I don't really think I've talked about it publicly, but one of the biggest challenges is that um, I started the project with a friend of mine. It was always my vision, but she you know, was kind of working in a job and she had film experience. She had directing experience. Mm. Um, and she was looking for another job. So I said, why don't you come on as a creative producer? Um, it's my baby. I'm going to direct, but you can just, she was a, she was a good friend. She was going to be very supportive. So we went on and, um, and she was great. Uh, and then a couple months in, like she and the cinematographer just started butting heads and we were all really conscious of, you know, we're all human. We all have our personalities that we come with, but we were all really practicing what the film was preaching. Uh, we were aware of the, the 
effect that stress has on our bodies and and just in general. So we would we would all be practicing what we were preaching, except for this one friend. Mm. And so problems kept arising, and she had it wasn't just with one person; it was multiple people. So. In, in the end, I had to let her go from the project, and but she was a friend. Obviously, that severed the friendship. Yeah, and she, she didn't understand. She couldn't. She couldn't see what what everyone else saw, and it was the biggest challenge. It was like the hardest conversation I had had to date, and but it was like it was a challenge. It was the, the universe was like this. She's out of integrity with the message of the film, and and you have to do the hard thing to protect the integrity of the film, and. Whew, it was hard, but again, it was, yeah. it was, it was a learning, you know, these people come into your life as teachers and you've got to just, you've got to do the hard thing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that because gosh, I mean, even in the formulation of wellness force media and this podcast, there's been multiple challenges where I've had to make those kind of decisions too, with people and with events and gosh, I don't think that spirit designed this to be super easy all the time. And I think there's consistent lessons that pop up. And this is where it lays right on top of the film and everything that the film stands for. And that is, is something happening to me? Am I a victim? Or is this happening for me? I think of even the woman who was riding her bike and, and she was doing yoga and then she wound up getting cancer, you know, and, and gosh, sometimes there's just no explanation other than these diseases and these things come up to wake people up to allow them to actually heal the things that caused the cancer in the first place. So in the same vein where you had to let your friend go and do the hard thing, diseases come up for us to give us unique challenges. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious how you see that now with all your experience. Like why do these diseases even exist? Like what is the point of having our loved ones uh, perish sometimes and having cancer come up and diseases? Like what, why, why do you see this happening? What do you think this is all about for us? Yeah, I think it's like, like you said, it's, it's, it's feedback. It's, it's, it's a wake up call in a way. And, you know, the majority of people that look back that have healed from cancer, um, they look back and they're grateful for their, their disease because it led them to where they are today and made them better. It's given them their life's purpose. It's, you know, it helped them meet the love of their life, whatever it was that, um, so it's getting to that place where you trust that the universe has your back, that, that life has your back. It's always for you, never against you, um, which there's times that it sucks. I mean, the pain that comes with disease, the fear that comes with disease, but it gets you out of that victimhood. It's like if you, you, you don't have, you need all the power you can get to heal and you need life force energy. And if you're in victimhood, if you feel powerless, that something is happening to you, that this your body is breaking down or this, these tumors are out of control or whatever, and you have no, um, there's nothing you can do if you feel powerless, that's going to hinder your healing. So the more we learn about, um, all of this, the more we can take our power back. And, you know, again, to, just cause Peter's fresh in my mind and sure. he's a friend of ours, he's said life presents you with circumstances to show you where you're still not free. So a lot of times disease comes into life to, to show that, you know, you, people have been beating themselves up terribly. You know, they've been speaking to themselves in, in not so loving language. So again, it comes back to that self-love. So, you know, but then why does a child? Oh, get- you just read my mind. I yeah. mean, you literally, I was just about to say, well, what about people born with type one diabetes or with cleft palate? I mean, there's so many things that kids they they don't, it's almost like, I feel like they don't deserve it. Like why? You yeah, know? exactly. I, I mean, I sit here and I'm like, I'm so healthy 
and you know, I do have great genes and I've, you know, but I grew up on a terrible diet. I drank like a Coca-Cola a day, ate fast food twice a day. I mean, it's, I'm like shocked that my body is so healthy, but you know, again, as you make changes, your body yeah. can, can also make changes, but yeah, it's suffering is something that people have been questioning since the beginning of the time, all religions, all spiritual practices, like go, you know, try to answer, try to, try to end suffering, remove suffering. And the you know, all we can say without really knowing is that people come into this world with, you know, a purpose. And sometimes they're a teacher, sometimes they're a elevated, you know, an advanced soul that's coming in because this is, this is their final piece of alchemy and pressure to, to learn this or shed this one last attachment or whatever it is. Like, so we don't have all the answers. We also know that the, the fact that more kids are coming into this world the, the blood toxicity levels of babies is just like through the roof. I yeah. mean, so it's waking us up to, you know, and all the angry mothers and fathers out there are eventually going to become loud enough to where they're not spraying all our crops with this deadly chemicals um, or putting, you know, not, not being transparent on food labels. So all of these things are for a purpose, you know, waking people up in, in some way, shape or form, but yeah. It's, oh man, I mean you just you just lit me up because what you're saying is this unique piece of wisdom where sometimes someone's life is a mirror for change that the world needs. Mm-hmm. You know, these kids come into the world or you know even the topic of glyphosate and leaky gut and how that hurts people and what's going on with Monsanto and Bear and how the gentleman got awarded 90 million dollars like and even Trump being in office just everything that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm is like coming from either light or dark, but it's all producing change. It's all either getting chaos to some kind of order. Do you feel like this is true? Like chaos is always seeking order in some way? A million percent. I think there is a divine intelligence that's got this whole, it it appears like chaos. You know, there's aspects of the universe and stars and galaxies that appear chaotic, but there is just this beautiful order that, and there's an intelligence far greater than our own um, that that is orchestrating everything and keeping it in harmony. So um, it's all perception, and and you know, there's a lot of it, Trump is inciting and, and waking a lot of people up in their own right, and yeah. moving through anger and, and frustration, and you know, just so. I, I look at it as like a pimple coming to a head of, of some old paradigms that need to be transmuted into some, you know, more conscious uh, ways of thinking. And so right now it's just like everything is coming to a head and it ain't pretty yeah. and it ain't cute, but uh, eventually we're going to shift into a new paradigm. When, when I watched the certain clips of, of Bruce Lipton in Heal, And the things where he's talking about always, you know, his frame is the biology of belief. And I had someone on the podcast recently and it just, it just split my mind. I think you'll love this. And he he said that uh, there is a biological reward to faith, to having faith Mm -hmm. and just feeling that for a second. um, We, if you look at the blue zones, if you look at all across the world, the, the determining factor in people's longevity, it wasn't just food. It was the fact that they had community and they had a connection to something bigger. Yeah. You know, and, and, and whether we want to go scientific or spiritual with it, what are your thoughts about this? And how did Bruce's work impact you as a filmmaker and just learning from him in this regard of but the biology of belief and the biological word of faith? Yeah, I mean, he is such a jovial. If you get the chance to sit down next to him, he's, you know, I was such a pleasure just to sit across with him and, and talk for hours, you know, and he just exudes joy, you know, and, and love. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, his book was, uh, The Biology of Belief was like a major catalyst to get me ready to start the film because once I learned about epigenetics, which is the science that says we're not victims of our genes, our genes are a blueprint and our lifestyle choices and our beliefs uh, are determine what turn on and off genes. Mm. So that is the most empowering thing that I've heard in a very long time. Um, Genetics is generally like disempowering, right? Well, it's genetic. It's in my genes. My dad was fat. I'll be fat too. Yeah, there's alcoholism. I'm going to be an alcoholic or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, and just it really is all perception. You know, it's how it's that our subconscious beliefs color our lens and um, the subconscious beliefs that we have aren't even ours. We've adopted them. We've just downloaded this programming as a child. Uh, so we're kind of walking through the world as mm. these robots. And I, and I always laugh. I'm like, Oh, it's so funny that we say it's genetic, but it's really just, it's the people, nobody's breaking the pattern of the programming that just comes down the line. So it's the same food. It's the same, the same genes are being expressed, but it's actually epigenetics that is determining, you know, and nobody breaking that cycle of beliefs, those gosh, belief systems, gosh. you know? Yeah. It's so good. Cause we've had many um, scientists, but also spiritual leaders talk about this where just because a belief was passed down, it doesn't mean that it's actually yours. And many times it could be even from a past life. We had Mark Wolin on the show. He's involved in family constellation work. Mm-hmm. And so what he shares is over I think 20 or 30 years of him working with people now, um, many, many things, the way that people even cut themselves or addictions, they're all driven by like third or even fourth lineage where the the science is showing that you and I were actually an egg in our great grandmother at some point. And then she birthed us into the world, obviously through our mothers, but there's a lot of time and a lot of beliefs that are adopted by our parents, our grandparents and our great grandparents that might feel like they're ours, but they're not actually ours. Right. Have you explored this wing of science and, and, and physiology and, and, and the past life regressions? Is that something that's come up for you? Yeah. Um, I tried to do a past life regression session. At one point it didn't work, but I've done constellation work. And, you know, I do believe in past lives. I had very vivid dreams as a child. What do you think? What do you think past life came up for you that you could share? Anything interesting you could share about past life? I mean, I was, I've just, one of my dreams I had, it was like very, I it was a recurring dream and I was in a civil, in the civil war and I'm, mm-hmm. it was like crazy. I mean, stuff I knew about the civil war that I, you know, a 10 year old kid or a seven year old kid wouldn't know, you know, and I was a, a, a young soldier. Um, so that's wild. I don't even know, like that just popped in my head again. I haven't had that dream for 20 years, but I do believe that. And I don't, you know, once I start talking about this tangent, it's hard for me to articulate, but I see it as, you know, it's not linear, you know, like, I don't know. It's wild to talk about. I won't even go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, it, it, you do believe that there is some connection to the beliefs of our parents and grandparents in our current life. Yes. And there's, and there's a lot of different modalities that say like you can heal doing this work will heal seven generations back and yeah. seven generations forward. And I think in Ayurveda, it's like, um, to heal the child, you got to heal yourself or, uh, the same, you know, s- something like that. So, um, I, I absolutely believe that, you know, there's ancestral baggage yeah. That is a factor in our healing that if, you know, if you've tried everything and nothing else is, is working, I would definitely check that out. Yeah. I a hundred percent connect with you on this. I, I have felt the presence of my grandfather many times. Um, I, in breath work, I've, I've done a lot of deep breath work 
uh, in the past year, especially with our breathe program that we're coming out with. And so in these cathartic journeys, there has been connections to my grandfather and to World War II, where he, I would feel his anger and frustration and also his sadness about what war actually does to the human psyche. And I, and I deep compassion for him in this breathwork journey. And I felt it as if I was right there with him. And there are ways that people can do healing through breath. And I know, you know, with heal, a lot of this is energy medicine and the power of belief and really exploring the connection between our beliefs and our health and our wellness. But where does breath work come into the conversation for heal and, and for maybe even the future and the evolution of what you're creating? Yeah, I think breath work is some of those powerful work you can do. I um, There was only so many modalities that we could touch on in the film, but right. there, there was one, you know, uh, screen that we, we lobbed up of a few different other modalities that we didn't touch upon <clears throat> in detail. But we said, look, these are some things available. If they catch your eye, like follow that, you know, and breath work is one of them. I myself have been doing breath work um, a lot uh, in the last year. And I think it's some of the most transformational work. It's like so powerful. Mm. And, um, you know, our breath is our connection to spirit. It's inspiration, respiration. Um, And it's, it's, you know, when we are in fear and stress, which a lot of us are, when we are um, operating from a disempowering belief system, like I am not safe or I am not good enough, we hold on to our breath. We're not breathing deeply. So all of our bodies, natural intelligence and and systems and design is not functioning at max capacity. So our breath is the kind of key to everything. If we're going to break it down in two, it's like breath and belief, you know, Mm. Uh, those are things. And it's, uh, I love, I love tools and, and meditation, a daily tool, you know, is very connected to your breath as well. Um, so these are free for everybody. We all have breath. Yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. So I, I would encourage anyone to explore it. Well, and, and if you're feeling like you need more breath, you're probably needing it. And then some, because we typically as human beings, whenever we're under stress or strife, I mean, think of us in relationships. Like when I get in an argument with my partner and she's upset, the first thing that I do is I remind myself to breathe. And if I don't, it ain't going to come out that pretty. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be as loving. It's not going to be as connected because without the presence of breath, constriction and fear creeps in. And this is what I get from the real work that's needed right now, which leads me to my question for you. There's so many things that you've explored. Like this is the gamut of healing. What do you think the work actually is for us right now as human beings in our world? Like, what does that even mean to you to do the work? And what is the work? I mean, I think the work is working on yourself, um, becoming aware of your belief systems, becoming aware. You know, I think it really comes down to how we perceive life, which again is through our beliefs. And, you know, to learn that everything is frequency and energy. Um, our hearts have an electromagnetic field that sends energy, you know, and it can get expand or, you know, get smaller based on our thoughts and, and, and our breath and, and all of that stuff. So to me, it's doing the work on yourself, um, and, and how you relate to life. A lot of people, uh, and I just went through this with Peter as well, but, um, you know, you have these circumstances or these people in your life that you want to change. They're causing you so much stress chaos, drama, whatever it is. And you, you will be happy when those people or the circumstances change. And that is, and and they talk about it in in healing. It's like matter trying to change matter. 
We have to come at about it from a different way. We have to change how we see the circumstance or the person, how we relate to the circumstance or person. So it all starts with us. You know, we, we need to find happiness regardless of change. Mm. We need to find peace, like focus on what we're trying to achieve. Like what, if that person changes, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be peaceful. Then I'll be what I'll have peace in my life. Um, find that peace and happiness regardless of the circumstance or persons. And and that's the work and, and finding the different tools and teachers and practitioners, books, um, podcasts that, that will help you really become, it's that self-awareness, just learn so much about yourself and your belief system so that you can make the necessary changes uh, and how, and see the world in a different way. It, it's so good because I know that from my own life experience and from everyone we've had on the show, including yourself, our beliefs are there to be changed. And I feel like the only way that I can change my beliefs is if I am constantly searching for evidence that the belief I actually want, that the belief I actually know is true, is true. In other words, there's a gathering of evidence that we are responsible for every single day. And it's my loving responsibility to gather the evidence that I'm loved, that I'm supported, that I'm on the right path. Like that's really where the rubber meets the road. What do you think about that? A hundred percent. You're changing the way it's it's the same. You're changing the way you see the world. If you think about it, our brains are wired to find evidence to support the negative beliefs we have in our head. Yeah. So if we think we're not good enough, we are going to keep attracting that guy or that girl that's going to smack us in the face with you're not good enough. And we're not skinny enough, not rich enough, whatever. You're going to keep coming up because that's your belief system and your brain will is wired to give you evidence that that is true. So we need to shift our belief systems and then start searching for evidence to support that. And that's, and that's how you create new neural pathways and that's how you affect your brain and neuroplasticity. Can you please create another documentary series on specifically gathering evidence? Like I think that right there would be so powerful of people that have had to gather evidence. Otherwise they would have left the world or they would have had mental health issues. Like this is a really, really powerful conversation because by the time this episode comes out, it'll be May, which is national mental health awareness month and with my mom's uh, bipolar and just people in my family and lineage, there's so many people that are suffering, like really, really suffering when it comes to mental health. And a lot of these people choose to leave the world, you know, and it's just not, it doesn't have to be this way. And, and my question to you is like the mental health conversation and, and what we're doing in this world, how you're creating content around this do you have something planned to address mental health in the future? Like what's the next step for heal? Or are you doing something totally different? How are you attacking this really like this darkness that's here with mental health? Oh, it's such a big, big thing to tackle. And it's so complex. And there's so many, so many reasons why people are struggling more than ever with mental health. And I think, you know, foundationally, a lot of it comes with, you know, toxicity again and and our gut health, um, the gut brain connection, uh, ancestral lineage, I think information and pressures that our brains haven't uh, evolved to be able to process, Hmm. Um, you know, social media, the pressures that are on children these days and and teenagers and adolescents. It's like, I don't know that I could survive or be mentally healthy growing up in high school right now um, with social media. So, you know, it's so multifaceted and, um, I, as far as funny, ironically, you should ask 
for me. Um, I just had, I'm a nine month old baby. Um, I birthed the book, the baby, the film. So I just feel like I need to take a mental health break a little bit and, and just come back to the present um, and refill my tank with inspiration because I've been so in this heel world with experts in the books for so long, but it was a journey that started eight, nine, 10 years ago, you know, when the, the thoughts came. So I'm ready for like a next, you know, just refill the tank so that I can feel that next call in my heart. But, um, you know, I need to create space and just be present with my, my baby and, and re, uh, reconnect to the the inspiration of what's next. That's such a great reminder for all of us, because I think in my world, like the entrepreneurial, the content creation world, for some reason, I don't know if you ever feel this, but it's like, I want to always create more. What's the next thing? <laughs> what's, Every what, day. what's coming up next? What am I going to do better next time? And in a way that's healthy, it's cool, but without awareness that can actually be deleterious and that could take away from me doing the thing that I'm actually talking about, which is wellness. How do I live my life? Well, so I'm curious how you're going to manage this. Do you feel like potentially there might be somebody that you pass some of this off to so that there can still be this wave that people are writing, um, that'll take them to greater healing? Yes, absolutely. So that has been the dialogue I've had in my head the last month. Um, you know, like, so I, I actually spoke to my producing partner, Adam, who he's, he just released a, a, a series called Road to Dharma, but he's got a little more time on his hands now that that's out in the world. And so he's going to kind of do manage the everyday just, just for a period of time so that I can take a breather um, yeah. and, and keep that wave going. Because I do feel like it, whether it's conscious or subconscious, we feel this pressure. You know, everybody's releasing a podcast. Um, you know, you're, you've been at it for a while, but it's funny. Like yeah. I get a text every day like, oh, that, I mean, there's just, they're cropping up daily, you know? Yeah. Um, and you just feel this pressure of like, you know, to post on social media and keep your people engaged and, and, and create. And I'm inspired by so much that I want to do so much. And I just have to go, okay, divine timing. I'm not going to miss out on anything. I just need to take care of myself and listen to, and, you know, get grounded and just be the right, the right thing will come at the right time. So yeah. I did. It's like, I, I, I feel this moral obligation to continue to give content to our followers because we have such an engaged community and so many people are suffering. I get messages every day of like, you know, people wanting help, which just weighs on me as well. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we'll just keep the wave going, uh, like we can, and we'll just wait and see. We are developing a, a, a television series, so we'll see where that goes, but we'll just see where the wave is, is meant to <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, it's cool. Cause when you said I'm pausing and I'm taking a breath, it reminded me to take one too. And I think that sometimes is the most powerful thing we can do is just live our life the best way we can, which is the whole ethos of this show. Like how do we live life? Well, let's just live the best possible life we can. That is the most powerful indicator and example for change for others. Because I've found this, it's like whenever I try to make something like force something to happen, funny that the show's name is wellness force. When I try to force wellness, it doesn't work. When I allow the force of wellness to flow, just like water, everything seems to work and it's not as hard, you Mm -hmm. know? And can you share insight on this for people as parting guidance to heal themselves without the healing process, having to be so white knuckled and so Mm -hmm. controlled? Yes. I mean, life force, energy, blood, all of his things are meant to flow, you know, and in Buddhism, it's, you know, they're the, the key to not suffering is 
releasing attachment, having no attachment. Um, one of the first steps to healing is acceptance, not resisting with white knuckles and pushing away. So yeah. all that, you know, the, the, the foundation is just really, um, relaxing, accepting, uh, not pushing back, not holding on so that you can let the natural, the life force energy flow. So you can have the expansion so that you can breathe fully. Um, you know, so it is, it's, 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 it's not grasping. And, and even my friend, my friend had got diagnosed with stage, uh, three C ovarian cancer. Mm. She had recently lost both of her parents to cancer. Um, which is obviously the scariest thing that could happen. You get the same diagnosis that you buried your parents from and heal was just coming out. So I gave her an advanced copy. She did the work and within six months, you know, she did, she did chemo and radiation and she also did surgery, but she did all of the other integrative things to support it as well. Um, and she went into remission or no evidence of disease after about six months but recently she re reached out and, and she said, I'm not feeling well. I can't shake this thing. I feel like I've had the flu for a month and I'm just I'm worried that something's coming back. And I just said, look, go to your doctors, get the necessary information. But like if something comes back or if there's it's just look, let's this is a new aspect of your journey. Let's course correct. It's a deeper dive now. Uh, but but that doesn't mean you're not going to heal. That means this is just phase two and we're going on a deeper dive. You know, so there's always opportunity to course correct and, and to have that faith that everything is happening for a reason to put you on the path that you're meant to go on. Mm, that was beautifully said. And also it's about honoring the mystery because sometimes things can be so challenging for people. And, and, and as we say goodbye, I'd love for you to speak to this one person because I've been feeling, it's actually a woman that I've been feeling, I've been feeling her presence. She's at a point in her life right now where she's this is the lowest she's ever been. Maybe she has a disease. Maybe somebody she cares about has a disease, or maybe she's just feeling the collective disease where we're treating each other so poorly. Can you speak to her right now? And just with her eyes closed, can you just let her know that there is a different way for healing? There is a different path for healing. Can you speak to, to all of us when it comes to healing? Um, what that different path actually is? Oh, this is a hard one. Cause you know, I'm sure she's an empath and, and you know, there's so much, suffering in the world. And it's, it's too much for us to bear, you know, and so that the people that are really sensitive, they don't know how to handle it all. They don't know how to handle their own suffering. They don't know how to handle all the suffering they see in the world. So we, we numb ourselves, we escape, we, you know, we self-sabotage. So I don't know what the answer is. I mean, love is the answer, right? Love is the answer. Just be gentle with yourself. Try to look at everybody else through eyes of compassion. You know, we were all little innocent little babies. I look at my nine-month-old and she's just innocent. She's just yeah, trying yeah. her best to learn these new skills. And, you know, that makes it even more heartbreaking when you see what's happening in Syria or all over the world, you know, innocent children. So it's, it's all too much to bear, but just to see everybody, even Donald Trump as like, you know, he is who he is because of the conditioning that he went through in his life. You know, the people that hurt the most, meaning cause harm and hurt are hurting the most. So it's just, you know, again, I don't have the answer. Answer is love. Um, and, and really just 
be gentle on yourself and, 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 and try again, connect with breath because you'll get those little whispers from spirit on what your next step will be, what your purpose is, you know, and it could be a moment, it could be a life path. It could be. And the other thing I would say, um, and I love this and I'll, I'll leave people with this when people are depressed or anxious or frustrated with their circumstance, take the attention off yourself and go help someone else helping and serving elicits so much love in your body. The, the actual, the, the giver actually receives 10 times as much as the person that was given to. So if you are in a dark time in your life, take the attention off yourself for a moment and go volunteer it and help someone else. Healdocumentary.com uh, forward slash book is where you can get the book. And also you can watch the documentary three times like I have. <laughs> Kelly, thank you for your work in this world. You know, we're all making sense of this and we're doing our best to come from love. We're doing our best to ride the wave and not succumb to the distractions that are in our world. So, you know, your film represents and your book represents this beacon, this light that people can feel. I mean, it's a warmth that I can feel when I when I see the book and when I see the the film. So thank you for what you do in the world. Deep bow to the contribution that you give to wellness. Where can people support you the most? Where can they get involved with you the most? Oh my goodness. Thank you um, so much. Right back at you. Uh, so yeah, follow us on heal at heal documentary on, on Facebook and Instagram um, and heal documentary.com. You can keep up to date with, with all the events and, and get the book and the, and the film there in many different languages. The book's in, I think, 20 different languages at this point. Um, so, wow. yeah. And then I'm personally at Kelly Gorris on, on Instagram, and I'm most active there. So I hope to uh, connect with some of you there. Well, as we say goodbye, the signature that we always say goodbye with is wellness. What exactly is it? You know, you explore so many things with so many experts in your media, but how does Kelly see wellness? Like what, how would you define wellness? Like what is yeah. wellness to you? Yeah. To well? I think that, you know, healing is ultimately spiritual and, and spiritual comes back to this idea of faith and belief that life is for you and never against you. Um, you know, we have this word dis-ease, disease. So if that, if that means sick, you know, well to me means a state of ease. And you're going to come to a state of ease when you have a belief system that is loving and trusting uh, in this bigger picture and this divine intelligence that has your back. You have a purpose. Um, and, and when you are at ease, you are truly well. You're going to make great, positive, self-loving uh, choices in your life to take care of your body temple, to act in loving ways. So that's, that's what wellness is to me. Ease. That's a mic drop moment. Thank you for coming on the show. We're talking about Kelly's work, wellnessforce.com forward slash group. Kelly, thank you again for being here with us on wellness force. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group, 
over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group, and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.